Blog Talk Radio. Since you're here, 
Here we go. You ready? We got this for you. Here we go. He comes from country music royalty, and he's been the voice of Monday Night Football for over 20 years. That's not it. Wrong one. Here we go. This is for you, Amari. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to You're a music person. Do you know who that was? No. No? No? That was Frank Sinatra. Oh, I was going to say that. Uh-huh. You see? How many 15-year-olds get a special happy birthday from from Frank Sinatra? That was just for you. Thanks, Dad. You're welcome, Amari. I love you. Love you, too. I'm going to let you go. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. And there you have it. My youngest daughter, she's a genius, too. If you're all out there listening, she's like, she's just like this real, real, real smart kid, like really, really, like exceptionally smart. I don't know what she's going to do when she grows up, but whatever it is, she's going to be the best at it because she's so smart. Make me sick. Don't 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 tell her I said that. She might she might actually one day be smarter than me. But you can't tell her I said that. Okay. That's just between me and all all the mad voice listeners out there. It's just between us. Don't tell her I said that because it'll go to her head. She get a big head. She won't be able to walk in my front door anymore because she have this big huge ego coming in. But yeah, she's really really smart. But I'm really proud of her. I'm really proud of both my daughters. And um, you know, we will proceed. But anyway, all right. Enough with the family stuff, although I love my family, love my kids. Um, moving on, you know, none of my co-hosts have joined us at this time, so I'm just going to go ahead and roll, and um, and I'm sure they will be calling in at some point. But let's let's start with this RG3 situation. Let's start a little bit with RG3. Now, if you guys watch the Redskins, if you've watched them over the years, and you've watched how RG3 plays – He's, he's kind of like a mini Michael Vick, right? Michael Vick, running, gunning, moving around, agile, strong arm. Um, but Michael Vick was really good at what he did. RG3, after his rookie year, I kind of, you know, kind of fell off a bit, right? Um, so, you know, I, I, let me put it to you this way. I'm not surprised that RG3 got benched. I said four years ago that even though he came out and he was a decent rookie, even though he came out and, uh, you know, I actually was rookie of the year, his style of play, he, 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 it's just not conducive to a long career. And people adjusted to that. Vic was just an exceptional athlete. Not that Robert Griffin III isn't exceptional, but compared to... RG3 was an exceptional athlete Michael Vick was an exceptional football player And so he was able to do things We've never seen before RG3 tried to do things that Michael Vick did But he's not Michael Vick Great speed But just not good in the decision making And and after his rookie year He came out and he said Look, I don't want to be A scrambler I I, want to be a pocket quarterback He's thinking he wants to extend his career. 
he's thinking that he wants to play football for a long time. And the problem with that is the, the number one way to ensure that you have a long career is certainly health, but you also need to be successful. You can be the healthiest player in the world, but if you can't produce, you you ain't going to be playing. And I think he lost sight of that. I think he got arrogant and egotistical. I think he he thought that, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, um, rookie of the year, of course. Well, guess what? Some of these guys that come in, the Shanahan's of the world who didn't want them, the Gruden's of the world who come in with, obviously, a Super Bowl in his family. He didn't win it, but – his brother did, and I don't know if Gruden was a coordinator on another team that may have won a Super Bowl. That's possible. But, you know, he certainly has the legacy of being a quarterback-friendly coach and certainly understands how to play this game. And these guys aren't sitting up there saying, hey, it's, you know, we're going to do this. Uh, let me rephrase this. They're not going to kiss his butt, okay? He can't do it. He can't do it. And clearly, that's exactly what the case was. He couldn't do it. And that's it. He's gone. And now they're going to bring in Kirk Cousins. Um, And Colt McCoy is back there, too. So the question now is, what happens? Um, Is this the end for RG3? Is this something that if Cousins goes in there and stinks it up in two, three, four games, do they bring in McCoy? Do they bring in RG3? Um, do they try to trade RG3 to see if they can get a draft pick or or some type of you know player that they might need? Uh, is there another team out there for RG3? Is there a team that he can go and play for? Um, so there's a lot of questions, uh, you know, that are going to be, you know, people are going to have to deal with. Redskins have to deal with. Uh, give you my thoughts on on this. Uh, first of all. I think he's done as a Redskin. I, I don't think RG3 is going to uh, – I don't see him playing for the Redskins again. I don't see it happening. I don't think that um, – matter of fact, I'm even going to take a little bit farther. Will they trade him? I don't know how the numbers play out. I don't know if he's worth trading. Um, so a trade is uh, is possible – I don't think they can release him. I think the cap hit would be too much, so I don't see them releasing him. So they'd have to trade him, um, or, or they're going to have to roll with him. Uh, I think we're at the beginning of the end for RG3. Um, he's not a pocket quarterback, and he doesn't want to risk his body. And if you can't do what you what made you who you are, you're no longer doing. So then why would any team – Gamble. Why would any team uh, bet any money? Why would any team, you know, what would be the point? So I think Robert Griffin is at the end. Um, will he end up in another team? Possibly. Will he be successful? Um, I mean, you, you certainly have a situation where a team like the Eagles, um, you know, could a team like the Broncos be looking for their next guy? The Eagles, because of Chip, Gelly, Chip Kelly's type offense, um, you know, there are teams, you know, with, uh, you know, these guys are getting older. Brady's getting older. Um, you know, Manning's getting older. Um, there are teams that can't seem to solidify a quarterback. Um, so it is likely that he could get another chance. But I just, I, I'm just not sure that um, 
he's going to have really a shot. Um, so I don't know. I'm not really sure. So, okay. If these guys join me, then maybe we'll pick this up again. That's about all I got to say for RG3. I think his career is winding down. I, I, I think unless he decides to go ahead and be the player that he once was, and that means uh, movement, that means um, read option, that means taking hits and trying to be durable, I, I don't see much left for RG3. And I will say this. I called it um, four years ago. When he was drafted and they drafted Cousins in the fourth round, I said, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. And I'm telling you, I was I was roasted for that. And I said, nope, there's a reason. They, they don't believe in RG3, and they are hedging their bets. And sure enough, one coach and four seasons down the road, there he is. There it is. So, all right, uh, I do have a co-host joining me. I'm going to bring him on, my younger brother, down calling from the ATL, the voice of reason himself, JB. Welcome to the Man Voice. Thank you, sir. I've actually been on since the uh, start of the show, but between the uh, the internet and the newfound format wasn't working, so I just went the conventional route. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, blog talk uh, for all you all you fans that are wondering what the heck we're talking about. They have a new feature that we tried, and maybe that's where. Um, Maybe that's where my other two hosts are. So, um, yeah, I'll give them some feedback. Um, I'll tell you, I, I hate to say this because I've been on this site for a long time, uh, eight years. I'm not pleased with their service. And um, there are options. <laughs> and if they don't step up quickly, then um, I may have to look into those options and relocate the Madden voice because lately I'm not pleased. Not at all. Um, and and while while I while I have everybody's attention, let me uh, man. I should have done this uh, in the beginning. Uh, let me apologize. Uh, last week's show, I'm not really sure what happened, um, but at the end of the show, we we certainly had major technical difficulties, and um, the show kind of ended abruptly. And uh, I, I apologize. It was not on our end. This was a technical issue with Blog Talk Radio. And I'll be honest, they didn't do much to satisfy my dis- displeasure with that issue. Um, love doing the show. Love talking football. Uh, clearly, we have a nice following out there that loves listening to us. But these guys are going to have to get their act together. And if they don't, then, you know, my eight years. And, and, and in case you guys are wondering, you know, we don't do this for pay. We don't. We do this for fun. This is like we love football, and it's a way to accentuate our love for the game. Is to actually have a show where we talk about it. I, I was doing this when Blog Talk Radio was unknown to most of the world. Now they're very well known. Celebrities use them. Everybody's using them. Well, I was using them. I'm one of the reasons that everybody else started using them because I was using them when nobody knew who they were. But I think they forgot about us, little people. And if that's the case, I have no problem moving. I have no problem relocating the show and doing it elsewhere. Plenty of ways to do live radio today. We don't need them. And if they don't act like they don't need us, um, they're going to lose us. And I hope they're listening because um, I'm not happy at all. So, um, But anyway, anyway, moving right along. Um, say a quick hello to mom because I just got a note that mom is listening. I don't know if she heard. Uh, had Jay, you, you uh, did you hear me say uh, happy birthday to your niece? Yep, I heard everything. I heard the, the music and even texted her. Told her I heard her on the radio. Okay, 
All right, good, good, good. Glad. Yeah, right. yeah, I was there. I caught everything. You just never knew that I was on because of the, uh, how we say, technicalities that were going on. Yeah, I, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not really sure what the problem was with that, but. Um, no, and, right. and it could be me too because this is the first time I've ever been on the um, the internet side of it. I've always called in, as you know, so maybe there's something I didn't do right, but uh, maybe a dry run would have helped. But who knows? Um, nevertheless, we're here. We're good. We're solid. We're rolling. Yeah, and there's no. It really, they don't give you an option for a dry run, so it's kind of do it. <laughs> so, yeah. but here we are. Yeah. All right. So, in the words of in the words of Coach Singletary, you said do it. I say. Can't do it. Right, 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 right. Um, while I have you, your thoughts on RG3 being benched for Kirk Cousins? You know, I'm not surprised. Uh, you, you, it, it's the Redskins, and they've been an upside-down franchise for how long? In the one year over the last, what, decade? Uh, they, they made the playoffs. It was RG3's rookie year when he had the, the breakout performance. He hasn't been the same since. He hasn't been the same since that, that first playoff where he – was uh, hurt somewhere towards, I think it was third quarter or something like that. I can't remember exactly what happened, but he's not the same player. And I heard a lot of talk myself and people watching the tapes, they, they can tell he's not the same person. He's not making the, the, the read that he needs to make. The, the problem is not just RG3 himself and his ability. The problem is we're not seeing him progress between the ears. We're not seeing him make the necessary reads. We're not seeing him make the necessary um to, to put the ball where it needs to be. So there's, there's a lot of progress that you expect to see from the second pick of the draft that we're just simply not seeing. And and that's unfortunate because he's got the ability, or, or so we thought. But from since that, that breakout season, his rookie season, he's he's been a shell of his form himself. So I'm not surprised one bit. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, and as I as you may have heard me saying, um, that's part of it, and I don't disagree with you at all. And I, I think that the development that hasn't happened is because he he, you know, you are who you are, you know, and what has made you who you are is your mobility, your ability to get out of the pocket, pocket and make plays. What made you feared and deadly was the second you were the, considered the second coming of Michael Vick. And Michael Vick, arguably the most dangerous football player to ever play the game as far as just the ability to at any given time um, make a play at any given time, you know, take a 10-yard sack and turn it into a 60-yard touchdown run. You know, I would go on record right now and say that Michael Vick was the most dangerous professional football player of all time. And when RG3 came into the league, he had he possessed many of those same attributes, um, the speed, the mobility, the strong arm, and that's what people wanted to see. Andrew Luck was more of the Peyton Manning or maybe a little Aaron Rodgers uh, like because, you know, he does have a little bit of mobility. Um, so he was more of the pocket stationary passer with a little bit of mobility, but you weren't really afraid of of um, Andrew Luck, you know, breaking a 60-yard run on you. You know, he may scramble and get five and get a first down. That's about it. Um, but RG3 was, you know, the two different players that came out at the same time. Well, you know, yeah. one stayed true to who they are, and one said, oh, I want to be like him. <laughs> I want to do what he's doing. 
Well, that's not what made you who you are. That's not what made you rookie of the year. You know, that's not what gave you the Heisman Trophy. That's not what had you, you know, world-class high hurdler. You know, you have all these talents, and you've decided to try to become a, the different player than you really are, and stop. You know, let's go back to Mike Singletary. Can't do it. <laughs> you know? And, and you know what else, though, King? Two, two, two things to, to piggyback on top of that. I'll start with the off-the-field version first. I believe it was about a year ago, maybe two years ago, we were on this same show. We were talking about RG3, and we were talking about the maturation process. And we all agreed that we felt he was too consumed by making sure he was a brand instead of making sure he worried about football. Yep. And when you're just beginning out in your career as a football player, your brand will take care of itself. You focus on what you do on the field so that it can perpetuate itself off the field. And I think he had it backwards. That's, that's point one. Point two, I agree with you. I think with, with Andrew Luck, I would put him more along the Aaron Rodgers because Andrew can actually get up the, the field faster than folks think. He just hasn't had the, the need to do so because his natural ability is a pocket passer. The thing with RG3 is this, and, and, and you touched on it a couple of years ago, Defenses will adjust to you. Once they get a, a year's worth of tape on you, they will figure out what your strengths are, and they will neutralize them. And I don't think RG3, and I also don't think the coaching staff realize just how fast defenses around the league can adjust to his style. He didn't realize that. thought he can be the same person that he's always been, and it doesn't work that way. Next thing you know, he's taking licks. Now he's taking so many licks. He's a little gun-shy on his ability and his ability to actually perform at the highest level. So when you take all that into account, this is what you get. The guy that's regressively, that's now sitting right in the pine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think, do you think he has a future in Washington? No, no, I don't. This time a year ago, yes, because they sold the farm to get him. But at this point, you got a new coach. You've got different players surrounding him. No, I, I, I don't. And, and we talk about Kirk Cousins and how he's supplanting him and everything. Well, Kirk Cousins only won one game in which he started and, and finished. He's one and seven or two and seven overall, and one of those wins came as starting from, starting the game from beginning to end. So it's not like he's going from RG3 to you know when, when uh, Dante Culpepper stepped into the league and the Vikings were seven and no, it's not that kind of deal. So that tells you even more so how much RG3 has fallen out of grace. Yeah, but I, I think in fairness to Cousins, you know, no, everyone can't be Culpepper, everyone can't be Brady, um, you know, or even even Matt Castle several years ago. Um, but at the same time, you know, this would be his chance to actually have competed for the job, got the job, and go into the season with the job. He hasn't been given that shot yet. And that's a that's a different that's a you know, that's a different position to be in. You were drafted in the fourth round behind this guy and this is actually his first time to go in knowing it's my job to lose now. I'm not filling in, I'm not subbing. This is my job. Let's see what he does. Let's see what yeah. he does. Yeah, because I tell you what, 
um, that you might think this is a stretch, but it's really not. RG3 might find him if he's not cut because I don't see a trade working out for him. I, I just, I, simply put, I just don't see it. But if he's not cut, he might be number three on the depth chart. Uh, yeah. Yep, I agree. I'm, I'm just saying because Colt McCoy isn't as bad as folks think. It, he's, he's not great. He's had a lot of mishaps and whatnot. But I, I've watched him. I watched him when he was in college at Texas. I watched him when he came into the league with the Browns. He didn't get a, get a good shot with the Browns. So he's not someone to just kick over and just completely ignore. He might push Cousins and, and make him work harder. Who's the, who's the say? Anything possible. But I do agree. I think this is Cousins' job to lose, and I think um, I think RG three days or he'll, he'll either be ejected to the pine or he's going to be cut. And I'm thinking it's more the latter than the former. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think if if he ends up getting third third string, um, it won't necessarily be because Colt is better than him or outplayed him or earned it. It'll be because that's just they're letting him know we're done with you. Because there's no way there's no way on this planet that Colt McCoy is a better quarterback than RG three. That's just not likely. But that would be the message. Just so you know, you, you know, put the cap on, grab the clipboard, um, you know, because you're not playing. We are done with you. That's what that's what that means. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Gruden make that statement at all. Uh, let's bring in our other co-host, Mad Nation Season Four. Missed us last week, but he's back. Ali Quick on Twitter. K Star, welcome back to the Madden Voice. What's going on, fellas? Um, sorry I'm late, but FYI, my phone is totally on the fritz. If I randomly cut off. Let's just say I got to make a trip to the AT&T store in the morning because I got my mom text messaging me asking where the hell I'm at. I had to email her earlier, and she doesn't do email very well. So this is – this phone is, is glitchy. So I, I want to do as much as I can, and hopefully hopefully we can make the whole show with this damn thing. It's been rough. All right. All right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Do what you got to do, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how far we get. Um all right, so, hey, you know, speaking of uh, Michael Vick, we didn't get you last week, K-Star. I wanted your thoughts on uh, your backup quarterback, uh, Mr. Michael Vick. What are your thoughts on him backing up Big Ben? Oh, I love this move. I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much that actually I wrote up to um, a mine on Twitter, Steelers fans, saying that, hey, we should sign Mike Vick because – Bruce Gretkowski is our backup, and if anything happens to Ben, God forbid, our season is over. You know, Bruce Gretkowski is okay at best. Like, the, when he plays his best, he's mediocre. Um, you know, with Mike Vick out there, it was it was a move I wanted the Steelers to make, and the fact that they did really made, just makes me feel better. Um, I feel if, if Ben were to get hurt, obviously that would be a problem, but I feel like, say, instead of a – 70 cent production dip in our offense. It'd be like more of a 30% because Michael Vick can certainly still at least look like he could still play. That arm is still very alive and we have weapons around him. And um, we had weapons in uh, Philadelphia. He performed, you know, it's always just been an injury thing. So with Michael, he's always been able to play and perform well. So uh, I feel a lot better just about our quarterback situation in case anything happened to Ben. So I love the move. And I, I wish that people would get off their high horse for, for, you know, these stupid petitions about, Michael, let me rant real quick. I'm sorry. I got to get this off my chest. About Michael Vick, 
and how he shouldn't be a stealer or how he shouldn't get another chance. I'm just like, first of all, the guy could play. Second of all, the man did his time. I'm sick of the morality police out there acting like everyone has never, you know, made a mistake in the world and, and you know, that, that people don't deserve second chances. It's ridiculous, man. I, I hate it. You know, I know these guys are public figures and everything, but it's ridiculous how much, you know, they get just packed by people. And it's just – anyway, I'm glad he's a player. I, I like him as a man. I like him as a football player, and I'm excited for him. Yeah, you know, but in fairness, people have said this, uh, and not just because he's a steal. They've said it since he's come back to the league. It's been consistent. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's it maddening. has nothing to do with the team. It's just people – I agree with you, but there are people that feel like – he he blew it. He shouldn't be able to go back and play football again. Um, you know they feel that they and and, and and our society has a problem with giving the right people second chances, in my opinion. Um, and you know I, I agree. I think leave the guy alone. He served his time. He did what he needed to do. Leave him alone. You know this 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 you know petitions and you know burning the jerseys and all that. I mean you know it's your right freedom of speech. Okay, great. But you know what? The guy also has a right to earn a living, and this is what he does. He only has exactly. a certain number of years to be able to do it. And, you know, he – Put down your you pitchforks, know. people. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. But let me ask you this, though. This is what we talked about last week. I, I've always been a Michael Vick fan um, as a football person, even when he was Eagle. It was always intrigued me to see him go over there and see what he was going to be capable of doing. But, yeah. you know, you know, the Steeler offense – is is with I don't know if that's the system that Vic can thrive in, you know that that that's a, that's a Ben system that's made for Ben. Now, um, <clears throat> you really think he can be? I mean, could he go in for a game or so and make it work? Well, he's a, he's a, he's a pro, he's a veteran, probably, but for an extended period of time, I, I'd be worried if I were you about you know something happens to Ben and you need him for three, four, five games. Um, or Ben, you know, I mean, a backup's got to be ready to go. And I'm just, I'm not totally convinced that that system's going to be where Vic can shine. What are your thoughts, K-Star? All right. Jay, you still there, right? Yeah, I'm here. Just okay. letting let it go, that's all. Cause yeah, well, he, 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 he warned us yeah, he warned us that he was having technical difficulties, so we just lost him. So we will see. We will see if he uh, if he joins if he comes back on. Um, we will see. So, all right, we'll move on from that question. And go ahead, JB, you were about to say something. No, I was just saying there was really nothing for me to add. Uh, I think when we discussed it last week, we were all pretty much on the same wavelength. So there was really nothing for me to add. I hear where he's coming from. I mean, I'm glad he's still in the league. Obviously, I just I, I question the fit. That's all. I just question the fit, not his abilities or whatever. I just I question the fit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but that's the beauty of football. You know, that's that's the beauty of football. Um, you know, you you you. We don't know what's going to happen. And we won't know until he actually gets back there and actually plays in some meaningful games. That's the beauty of it. But it'll be interesting to see how to how that how that scheme works with Michael Vick. And you know, the other thing is that you can't underestimate his ego. You know, um, I think Vick has resigned himself to the fact that he is the backup and it's Ben's team. But you know, Vick. You know, he he brings a spotlight 
wherever he goes. And I wonder how Ben's going to handle that. You know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't uh, Vince Young. You know, this isn't, this is a guy who really, you know, uh, I, I'm really not sure how to put it into words, but he brings a lot of attention. You know, like a Tebow brings a lot of attention. Um, he brings a lot, and Ben's not used to that. That's Ben's team. And when you think of the Steelers, you think of Ben. Um, he's pretty much the first name mostly everybody would think of if you think of the Steelers. Um, and, and is Ben going to be able to handle that? I'm wondering. Hmm. Yeah, think- I, I think so. I, I think he will be able to because I think the, the term you're looking for is polarizing. I think that's it because I've heard that mentioned before. But I think it's really what goes on in our locker room. And I think with him coming in, being humbled by, obviously, the, the time served and being on the bench and then going from then the, the eagle green to the jet green to now wearing the, the Steelers colors, all his backups, I think he's humbled himself to the point where he doesn't want to be a distraction. He just wants to help out. But only the 52 other players and the coaches and whatnot would know that better than us. Yeah, but I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about how Ben – is going to deal with having such um, yeah polarizing. Yeah, that's close. Not exactly what I mean, but um, you know, a very high profile player in the, it is guys in the huddle. I mean, this guy is ready to take your job if something happens to you. Obviously, Ben's securing his job. There's no doubt about it. But this is some. I mean, Bruce Gradkowski is nothing. He's a journeyman. He's nothing. But this is Michael Vick. This is a guy who's been in the league as long as you've been in the league, maybe a little bit longer. Um, has played some meaningful games, had a meaningful career, um, brings it a little bit of different set of skill sets to you, and would start would take your job in a second if he could. Now I'm not saying that Ben's got anything to worry about. He, it's his team. But I'm just wondering because I, I I saw when I will bring K Star back on in a second, but. I saw when when Vic first got named uh, or signed, and they interviewed Ben, and his his comments weren't. He was just like, "Oh, you know, hey, that's great, you know, uh, um, you know, he's been around the league and done some good things, and you know, it'll be good to have him." It was very like esoteric. It was very surface. It was very like plain. I'm listening. I'm like, hmm. He didn't sound too thrilled about this move, you know. But Ben's a team player. He's not going to say anything. That's what, you know, he's a team player. But he didn't seem thrilled. Let me bring K-Star on. Let's see while it was to see if his phone is still working. K-Star, are you you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I I was just saying that I'm wondering and I'm certainly not saying Ben has anything to worry about. It's Ben's team, he's not going anywhere. But that said, he didn't and I didn't get a sense that he was all that thrilled about Vic. He was just very Matter of fact about it. It wasn't like, oh, great to have him. You know, great talent. It was more like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We signed him, and yeah, you know, guy's been around the league for a while and done some things, and you know, we'll see what he can do with us. It was just very like, eh. I was like, hmm. You, you think the you think you know? I think Vic has settled that he's going to be a backup the rest of his career. His starting days are pretty much over for the most part. Um, but do you think maybe Ben is looking over his shoulder just to touch? I know he's got nothing to worry about, but do you think, you know, this, this is Michael Vick. This, ain't, this is Michael Vick we're talking about here. Uh, I think Ben kind of wants to put himself away from the situation as far as being too vocal because, you know, 
it was touched on earlier. Michael Vick is kind of polarizing because you have people who feel the way. You have people who feel the way they do about Michael Vick, you know. And Ben certainly hasn't uh, has made some uh, headlines his career as well as far as making poor decisions. And you know, uh, I figured he didn't want to be too enthusiastic because maybe even like a PR type thing. You never really know with those kinds of, uh, of scenarios. But I mean, I don't think Ben has anything to worry about. Like from what I've seen, as far as uh, pictures with him and, and videos and everything, like him and Mike obviously been talking a lot, and you know they seem to get along great. And I think Ben's worried. I think Ben's probably pretty excited that if he happens, he knows that he, you know still good. Okay. All right. Um, while we're on the Steelers. A lot of worry over there that your defense is in really bad shape. Um, and a former Steeler, Ryan Clark, um, today said he looked at every possible way to see if the Steelers can do enough to get into the playoffs. And he says, he said, I love the team, I love the organization, but I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, your thoughts on your on your Steelers defensive, alleged defensive woes, Troy is gone, and, you know, what, what do you right. think? Is this is this really is this really an issue, K-Star? Uh, it's an issue, you know, but it was also an issue last year. <laughs> so, you know, last year our defense was pretty poor, and we finished the season at, you know, one more division, you know, 12-4, and, four, or, uh, and, you know, our defense five. wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were 11-5, but go ahead. I, I just want to plus one, you know. Yeah, uh, I know. You want the Cowboys record, not happening, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> And and frankly, I, I would prefer the Cowboys' defense. But um, I, I get why he says that he doesn't see it now because you know here's the thing: it's it's we're transitioning to a more of a cover two scheme anyway, so it's not going to be pretty uh, the first few weeks of the season. But I do think the defense is going to you know continue to make improvements throughout the year. I don't think they're going to be very good. I think they'll be middle of the pack. Um, you know, but I don't think it's going to be something that prevents us from making the playoffs because, again, this defense wasn't very good last year. So it's, you know, uh, the team's led by this offense at this point. And frankly, I don't really know who got better in our division anyway. I, I mean, I know it's it, it may just on me being a Steelers fan, but, um, you know, you can argue that maybe Cincinnati got better by having, you know, their guys back to A.J. Green and, and their tight end Tyler Eifert. But I, Andy Dalton doesn't scare me at the end of the day. Um, you know, the Ravens lost a lot of people. So, I, I think if the Steelers can play really good offense, which I expect them to do, then, you know, they can kind of figure out those woes and get through, improve that defense steadily throughout the year and be okay. Okay. Um, all right. Fair enough. Uh, JB, I'm going to go to you now. Same question, pretty much, except about your Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, they, they they gave up 24 out of 27 passes to the Vikings. 28 points. Um, you know, uh, Orlando Scandrick, as, as you reported, um, injured, carted off the field. Uh, you reported that on the Madden Voice a week ago. We have since learned that he is out for the year. Uh, torn MCL and uh, I think ACL or PCL, one of the others. Tore two ligaments he's done for the year. Um, uh, clearly, now the, 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 the defense on the Cowboys side is now being questioned with Scandrick be being gone um what are your thoughts you know is it is it is it panic time in big d well i'll tell you staring the acl and mcl for scandrick was a big blow uh the the gaping area of concern i think going into the off season was not just a pass rush but there was also concerns about the secondary and those concerns obviously exacerbated with him going down so 
it, it makes the, the signings of Hardy, and, and I'm so glad that they got Randy Gregory. As you know, I'm not just an Auburn Tiger fan, but also am a Cornhusker fan. So I watched Gregory play at, at uh, Nebraska, and he is dynamite. He is going to be something else. So if they can get him going, get Hardy back from the four-game suspension, get McLean back, Sean Lee can stay healthy. Your front seven is going to have to find a way to mask the, the gaping holes that you have in your secondary. So it, it might be uh, uh, reminiscent of last year where they overachieved, but I think the offense and that offensive line and being able to control the ball really would help the defense out. So if they can, if they can duplicate that, it may not be in as bad a trouble as folks think. I will add one thing. I agree with everything you said. And I will add one thing. It is time for Morris Claiborne to play like a first-round draft pick. It is time. Yeah. Skandrick yeah. is out. You were out a year ago. You're back. You're completely healthy. Because he was nicked up two years ago when he played. And people may not realize that he was nicked up pretty good. And now one of the reasons he had he did have some struggles. But overall, he has not lived up to first-round draft pick expectations. Um, best at When he was drafted, he was considered the best defensive player in that draft. Not by everybody, but a lot of people considered him, coming out of LSU, the best defensive player in that draft. And he has not even come close to living up to that, to being a first-round draft pick. It is now time. This is it. This is go time for you, bro. This is it. You need you. Skandrick is the guy in that secondary. He's the cornerback. He's the Mr. Reliable. He's our Revis. He ain't Revis. Don't anybody send messages. He ain't no Revis. No, he's not Revis. But when we need a play, when we need a cornerback, we need to put somebody uh, uh, shut down or, or at least compete. Skandrick is our go-to cornerback. He's gone. Brandon Carr has moments. But we need Mo Claiborne to step up and play like the first-round draft pick he is. Enough, enough with it. He's got to step up. If he steps up and everything else that Jay just mentioned comes through, Cowboys going to be okay. Not to mention what they can do on offense, too, you know, and, and play keep away um, with, with the football a little bit there on offense. So the Cowboys going to be okay. Everybody out there worrying about Cowboys 0-3 in the preseason. They were 0-4 last year and went 12-4 in the regular season. And yeah, first year, first week, got smacked around by the 49ers. Romo shouldn't even play that game. Didn't play the whole preseason. Didn't wasn't a part of uh, training camp or anything because he's coming off back surgery. Went in the first week through three interceptions. Played like garbage. And even with that, finished as an MVP candidate. Um, almost completed 70 percent of his passes after having a horrible first week. Now we've got a Romo who was in many camp OTAs, um, played sparingly, but has played. And it's healthy coming into the season. So, Cowboy fans, just relax. Just relax. It's going it's to be all right. Yeah. And, 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 T, you're absolutely right. I, I almost forgot about him, but can you blame him? He hasn't done anything. He ain't, under, he ain't been right. He ain't memorable. Right. No. And, and, again, remember, I'm down here in the southeast, so I had a chance to watch him quite a bit. Hmm. I, I, thought, I thought he was between 11 and 20 pick. I didn't think he was going to be as high. as When, when they sold, they, they basically gave up. Didn't they move up from like 14 to 6 or something like yeah. that? Yeah, they moved yeah. up to get him. Yep. Yeah, and and I cringed then. And I'm mean, calling me a prophet or what have you. I cringed then when they did that because 
I wasn't as sold on him as everybody else was. I thought he was a very good college player, but not enough to move up that many spots to draft him. So he has to show something up. He has to show right now, or he's going to be the one on the outside looking in. He has to. Yep. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. All right. Um, I don't want to spend a lot lot of time on this next topic, but I'm curious your thoughts. Um, Tom Brady, any day now we're going to get a ruling on Tom Brady, and um, we lost K-Star again. So I I think, Jay, you and I are going to be carrying the bulk of this show. I'm not sure where Train is, and um, K-Star is having technical difficulties. So, hey, the show must go on. Um, Jay, your thoughts on Tom Brady? Let's, Let's cut to the chase. Should he be suspended for four games? Well, I'm going to stick to what I said before to be consistent. Um, I, I still feel like on one side of this equation it's a witch hunt where the, the, the league wants to find him guilty and stick it to him and, and stay there, uh, not just because of the evidence he destroyed, but just because of the, the mantra of the Patriots and the whole spygate and everything that started from there. Destroying evidence makes you seem guilty also. It's one of those things, unfortunately, this thing has dragged on far too long. And I know he's doing it to save his name. He doesn't want it to be his reputation to be tarnished and what have you. But if that's the case, come clean from the start. And he never quite did that. And that's what makes a lot of folks scratch their head about the whole thing. So four games, serve it, be done, let's move on. Um, I could not agree with you more. I'm sick of the whole thing. Um, to, To be brief, the NFL has in their bylaws the preponderance of evidence is um, be, be, beyond um, um, not beyond a reasonable doubt, but it um, uh, the the burden of proof is by a preponderance of the evidence. That's what I am trying to say, which translates into more likely than not. That is the burden of proof in the NFL. In, in for them to be able to punish a player, more likely than not. If it's not clear-cut he did it, then they do an investigation. If they come up with it's more likely than not, then they have a right to go punish. Well, well said in his report, it is more likely than not that Brady knew what was going on. He gets suspended. It's at four games. This, all of this rigmarole to me is ridiculous. They need to come out. You, you do your – I don't give a damn who you are. Do your suspension. Michael Jordan – I mean, uh, Larry Bird and Dr. J got into a fight. And got suspended each a game. These are two icons that did a video game together back in the day. Icon legends. Two of the top 50 best players of all time. World champions. Legends. And got into a fight. And were both suspended one game because of the fight. Okay. I don't give a, sh- give a sugar who, <clears throat> who you are as an athlete. <laughs> Okay, if you break the rules or if it is implied that you break the rules, then you get punished. And I am I am I am done with Tom Brady trying to save his legacy. Dude, you went to six Super Bowls, won four. I think your legacy is fine. But let's be honest. You destroyed a cell phone while they were doing an investigation. I don't want to hear, oh, uh, I asked if it was okay. No, I'm sorry. You're being investigated. You've got millions of dollars. Your wife has millions of dollars. You can wait. You can buy a new cell phone and keep that one. 
You didn't have to destroy that. You could have waited a couple of months and let due process if you're innocent. But then to say, oh, I destroyed it, but they told me it was okay. How about a little common sense, Tom? How about a little common sense? How about, hmm, let me not destroy this because they might need this at some point. So I'm going to go buy myself a new iPhone, and I'll just leave this around because I didn't do anything wrong. I got nothing to hide. Well, guess what? I tend to think more likely than not you did something wrong. You got something to hide, and you got caught. Serve your four games. Let's get it over with. Hey, you still got 12. The team goes two and two. You got plenty of time to come back, win the division, and, and make a Super Bowl run. Plenty of time. But all this to me, I think all this is hurting your legacy more than anything else. Serve the time. Let's move on, Tom. And you know what else, T? One other thing, too, that just hit me. A lot of people complain about Goodell and, and how he's got all this power and whatnot. Now, you recall in the, the most recent CBA, they agreed to all this. Yes. This is already agreed upon. So why ever – I'm not a Goodell fan, don't get me wrong, but if you agree upon giving him this much power, he exercises his power. Now you hate on the fact that he's exercising his power. You got nobody to blame but yourself. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And it's funny how that works out. You give him the power, then when he uses it, then you then you want to go and question. That doesn't make any sense. No sense. Yep. I agree. Um, Trent Richardson released. Uh, wasn't he Trent Richardson? College. Auburn? Alabama? Alabama. 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 That's what I thought. Um impressed. You didn't think I knew that, did you? Ah, 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 um, your thoughts. Ryan Clark, he later said he was joking, but he pretty much called Trent Richardson the worst quarterback, court, uh, running back of all time. Came back and said I was being funny, but pretty much said Trent Richardson is horrible, is terrible, never play again. He's all done. Um, they paid him $600,000 to leave the, the, the Raiders. Um, is he done, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get caught. Like I'm, I'm, I'm down here, so I had a chance to watch him because obviously SEC is huge down here, of course. So I get to watch him literally every Saturday. If he come on CBS 3:30 and Bama plays Auburn, Bama plays LSU, Bama plays the game Cotton, South Carolina, Bama plays so and so, Bama plays the Gators. I had the chance to see him basically every single week for a couple of years at least. And he was a dynamic running back. He was a bit shifty. He was, had enormous power. You couldn't bring him down with just one person. And I wasn't surprised to see him drafted at number three because I thought he was going to be a productive back. But to see how he's just falling out of grace from being the third overall pick and he had a decent rookie season. I think he had 950 yards and a few touchdowns and, you know, your sophomore year, you expect to build upon the success of your your rookie season, and I mean, in in some instances, he's a lot like RG three from from the playing perspective, because he had a a good rookie season. You expected him to be able to build on that success, and he did everything but. And then the Colts went and gave up a first round pick. That didn't work out. Then the Raiders, the Raiders of all folks, boot him. I mean, he's blown through two teams on first-round picks, and now he's basically going to be out of the league. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Clark saying what he said, he might have been joking, but he was serious. 
Mm-hmm. There's no bones about it because when the guy is, is cut by the Raiders and you say that, you don't want to kick a man down unless it's the truth, right? Right. That's what happens. I mean, if the truth hurts, say, ouch, last I checked. Right. Um, will I go so far to say he's the worst running back ever? Uh, I, I, it's debatable. I'll, I'll leave it like that. It's debatable. But do I see him getting another chance? I don't think so. I, I think Ray Rice gets a, gets a better shot at a, at a team than Trent Richardson does at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I got nothing to add. He's he's terrible. Uh, he was with the Colts briefly. I didn't understand that move. Um, I believe he spent a minute with the Browns too. Um, I mean, he just he's he's terrible. And um, um, good luck to him. Um, you know, uh, whatever, whatever he does. I, I I saw I saw a sign earlier today. I was at Walmart and it said now hiring. Um, so you know. <laughs> I, mean, you know. I mean, the one thing that we can say, we haven't seen a whole lot of his name in the headlines for the wrong reasons. He hasn't. I haven't heard anything about drugs and alcohol or abusive things of that nature. So I'm glad for that. I'm just disappointed that his career in the NFL didn't pan out the way a lot of folks expected. So exactly, best of luck to him. Hopefully, he can find a way to rejuvenate his career. I don't know how, but. Hopefully he does, and um, we'll see what happens. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't see him back in the league. So really, to summarize, um, Trent Richardson. No chance, Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I I couldn't resist it. Just, it just it's just it it's so fit. It's so fit. Um, um it's so it's so fit. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right. So um. Ah. So, K-Star sent this in, and he, he's not here to talk about it. So, good. That means I get to say anything I want, and I ain't got to hear his mouth. Um, you know, they did this thing in NFL. It's on NFL.com. Top 100 players. Uh, the panel consisted of 70 voters, NFL analysts, reporters, and statisticians. Uh, some from ESPN. Maybe it was an ESPN thing. It might be an ESPN thing. Uh, actually, I can tell you right now. Yeah, it's an ESPN thing. Um, no, it is on NFL.com, but ESPN, I guess, did it partly with the, with the NFL. Okay, um, cause, you know they have that big TV contract and all of that. So, um, and so you know, and 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 we know when K Star does something. It's always because it makes a Steeler look good, and if it happens to make a Cowboy look bad, and he doesn't, he doesn't uh, have a problem emphasizing that. And so we've off season have been going back and forth between Big Ben and Romo, Big Ben and Romo, and he's saying Big Ben's top top three quarterback, and I'm saying yeah, in in your dreams. Um, so according to this, um, the top five quarterbacks. In the in the in the league would be Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, and Big Ben. And Big Ben um, 
came in 24th on the top 100 players, and Romo came in 31st, and he came in 6th at quarterbacks. And so this was going to be a K-Star and, and T debate, but K-Star is not with us. Um, so, JB, I'm, I'm going to start and see – I'm going to turn it over to you and see what you think about specifically the fact that Big Ben beats Romo and is also not only beat Romo quarterback ranking uh, as far as, you know, five and six, but also in the top 100, he's seven spots higher than Romo, 24 to 31. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I think the 24 to 31, that can be debated. Um, I'm not even going to go that route with it. I'm going to focus more on the quarterback ranking. I can see where they would put Big Ben at number five and Romo at number six if they're looking at their complete body of work. If they're looking at just last year's performance, I would disagree. If they're looking at the complete body of work with with especially when you look at the postseason success that Big Ben has had versus the postseason success that, that Romo's had, I can understand it from that perspective. So I guess that would be my qualifying question first. Total career or last year? Well I I I I, I will I haven't dig, dug into it, but based on what I'm reading, when you do a ranking like this, it's never career because it just it's 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 there's really no way when you're going to look at the entire league if you're only looking at two players you can do that but when you're looking at the entire league it's just it's not possible to stack how do you stack up Peyton Manning's career against Aaron Rodgers okay because it's it's you know Aaron Rodgers longevity wise can't hold a candle to Peyton Manning, but yet Aaron Rodgers has a Super Bowl so it's Peyton. You know what I mean? It's just it's not it's not like it's not able it, you can't do it. You can do it if you take two players and say, Who's had a better career? You know, you can do it if you take a couple of quarterbacks, you know, but when you're looking at the top one hundred, yeah, it's just gonna be based off of last season and now we're going into the new season. So okay. based on that And and that's that's what I thought too. Yep. And I kind of threw you a softball because I wanted your definitive style to kick in because if there's going to be folks that may chime in on Facebook or Twitter or email or what have you and start to bring up, well, look at the careers and that's – no, 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 no. We're talking about last season. So that's why I phrase it the way I phrase it. I'm thinking last year myself for those same exact reasons, and I would have them flip-flop personally. I would have them flip-flop. I think that the the – the decision-making was a lot better for for Romo this year than what we've seen in past years, and I think just when you focus on this past year between the two of them, yeah, Big Ben had those three games in a row over 400 yards, but as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, he had to do that. Romo didn't have to do it, but he did have to manage the game. He did have to make, like you said, the right reads. There were tons of third and five, third and eight that he had to go out there and complete himself. Keep the play alive, a la uh, uh, Andrew Luck and Big Ben himself. Make sure they get the first down. Calling key plays at the line of scrimmage. These, these are the little nuances that don't necessarily show up in the stat books, but you can see how it plays out down the road as, as the course of the game progresses. And I take nothing away from Big Ben. Had a very solid season. Can't, can't dispute that. But I think when you look at the body of work from start to finish, and also may I add, too, when that first game of the season with, with the with the 49ers, 
he bounced back from that. He was hurt. He wasn't 100%. But you could see the, some of the decisions that he was making weren't great, but you could see some of the other decisions where it wasn't so much a blowout. It was just bad timing. Just leave it right to that, bad timing. He had a great year. And I would pay, I'd make uh, Romo 5 and, and Big Ben 6. Yeah, and, you know, K-Star is going to say that Romo had a great year because he had DeMarco Murray. Romo had a great year because he didn't have to do as much because he had Murray in that offensive line. And Ben, even though he had Bell, didn't have that offensive line and needed to do more and excelled. That's K-Star's argument. Um, my argument, my, my response to that is, so? Um, Romo did what he was asked to do as part of the scheme, and he did it almost perfectly for a guy to come out and throw for four intercept three interceptions in the first week of the game and end up with nine for the year 34 touchdowns nine interceptions for the year 69.9 percent he was one incompletion away from being the sixth guy in nfl history to throw for 70 percent Okay, that's that has zero to do with the running game. That has to do with Tony making good decisions. That has to do with Tony maturing. I've heard analysts accurately say they think Romo is playing the best football of his career at 34, going to be 35 years old. And I couldn't agree more. He finally understands that it's a 60 minute game and he doesn't have to go get it all back in one drive and in one play. And that was Romo's problem. People were giving him a hard time because you know, of the decisions that he would make late in some games. Well, two out of three times, those decisions he made were the right decisions. That one out of three is always what bit him in the butt, and that's what everybody remembered, because that's what Sports Center would lead off with the next day. Oh, no, Romo. But when he did it right, it was the third or fourth story. Romo did it again. Great win for the Cowboys. Let's move on. Oh, Romo threw a pick and cost him the game. Let's talk about that for an hour. Well, Romo now realizes, hey, you know what? I'm going to get 12, 13, 14 possessions a game. I don't have to do this all right away. If I drop back and they're blitzing, if I don't have a check down or a hot, I'm just going to go down and live to play another down. And I'll have second and 16 and have to adjust. He understands that. Why did it take him so long? I don't know. I'm not an NFL quarterback. But it did. So that is why. Tony is playing at the highest level of his career. It didn't hurt to have an 1,800-yard running back. But when Adrian Peterson ran for 2,000 yards, I didn't see Matthew – or uh, I, didn't, I don't even know who the damn quarterback was when he did that, to be honest with you. That, that, showed, that, shows how much that, that shows how much that quarterback was so efficient. I can't even tell you who he was who, who, when he ran for 2,000 yards. And we can go back in history and, and look at quarterbacks that had that kind of talented running backs, and let's see how many played as well as Romo. Maybe a Troy Aikman did behind Emmett Smith. Maybe. You know, maybe Jim McMahon did behind a Walter Payton. Maybe. Certainly nobody did behind Barry Sanders. That's why I retired. No one's done it behind Adrian Peterson because Adrian Peterson was ready to leave the Vikings because he's sick of losing. You know, it, it doesn't happen is my point. So I think K-Star's conclusion is not fair to Romo. It's inaccurate and it's completely biased. So with that said, I completely agree with JB. I think, you know, when I, when I as a matter of fact, I'm going to take it even farther. For last year going into this year, I'm okay with Aaron Rodgers being number one. I'm even okay with Tom Brady being number two because he won a Super Bowl. So if we're going last year, complete body of work going into this year, I'm fine with that. Aaron Rodgers, MVP, 
number one. Tom Brady, Super Bowl champion, number two. I'm okay with that. After that, yeah, you better go ahead and ink in Tony Romo, as far as I'm concerned, over Big Ben, over Peyton Manning, and over Andrew Luck. Yeah. Yeah. A catch away from going to the conference championship game uh, against Seattle, a team that they beat when Seattle was considered unbeatable. They beat them in Seattle earlier that same year. And were ready to go back to Seattle and do it again had Des Bryant's catch been considered a catch. That's where I would put Romo, I, quarterback-wise. Clearly, to be there, then I'd put him higher than 31 on the list. There's, just, there's no doubt about that in my mind. Um, the other position was wide receiver. Um, and looks like, and I'm going to double-check this, um, the first wide receiver is, let's see, Calvin Johnson. And the second wide receiver is Antonio Brown. And the third wide receiver would be Des Bryant. Calvin Johnson would be number six, first wide receiver. Antonio Brown, number eight overall, second wide receiver. Des Bryant, third, um, and number 15 out of the top 100. So same question, JB. Your thoughts on that? Well, See, this is the problem with, with Calvin Johnson. If we're talking about last year, and you were hurt most of last year, if not every single game of last year, even had a few games where he was uh, DNP. So if we're basing off of just last year's performance, then I have a problem with that right there off the bat. So I would take – it would really be a discussion between Antonio Brown and Dez. And that one is more of an intriguing matchup than talking about Romo and Roethlisberger because – Antonio Brown is the truth, boy. He is the truth. They are different type of players because Dez is more physical. Antonio will be the one that will give you some juke moves and then he'll go down. Dez will give you a few jukes and try to still run you over. He turns into a running back. As uh, Antonio, he stays a wide receiver. And, and, and quite frankly, I don't, see, I don't know. It, it's a toss-up. That one is a legitimate toss-up. Um, I agree, and, and you know, I give K Star a hard time. I got a lot of respect for Big Ben. I got a lot of respect for Antonio Brown. Five foot ten, um, one hundred twenty nine catches last year. Insane. That's just that's just insane. Um, and you're right. He's the truth. Um, I think it really comes down to if you were going to start a team and you had to pick who would your first wide receiver be. And I got to tell you, I think eight out of ten people are going to pick Dez over Antonio. And I think the reason is you've got 5'10", 190 pounds versus 6'2", 6'3", 220. You've got um, both have good speed. Brown might have an edge on Dez, although I never see Dez get caught from behind. But Dez has got that hard-running style, much physical, um, Antonio can get up, but, you know, I've seen a couple catches where Antonio's got up pretty nice, but not like Dez can get up. Dez has those huge hands. Dez can go over the middle. I mean, he can, he really can do it all. Um, and, and I just think if, if you, if all is equal and you had to pick one to start a team with, I think most people are going to go with Dez Bryant to start, to start. And because of that, um, I just, you know, I've always been a fan 
of that six foot two, six foot three, solid, that Terrell Owens, you know, that 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 just that physical fast. Yeah, I can go over the middle, I can go deep, and I can go up and get the ball. I can do all of that. And I'm gonna be there sixteen games because I'm six three, two hundred and twenty pounds. And I think that's where Dez as a as a physical freak has the edge over Antonio. Antonio's no joke. Antonio, this is really not to say Dez is Superman and Antonio is super dud. Antonio is is phenomenal. But (laughs) if I'm starting a team, and and I'll be honest, if you have a healthy Calvin Johnson, it's hard to go against him. It's hard to go against him. But I, I, in this case, I think Calvin is beginning to decline the injuries and the age. You know, he's 29, 30 years old. And Dez is, is right now at his peak, man. He, he's, he's set to have I'm, – I'm sick. I don't have him in either fantasy league. I was one pick away in both leagues from getting Dez Bryant. And in both leagues, I didn't get him. So um, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. I think he's going to have a monster year. So I gotta go with Des, and, 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 and am I am, am I a little bit of a homer? Yeah, a little bit, but I also speak facts. So well, that's the, how I look the at. one thing that I, I will say um, in your defense, because it go back to the size, I think that's really the main point. Because there's a 16 touchdowns, you know they run that fade route, back shoulder fade to, to Des all the time. How often do you see that back shoulder fade run to Antonio Brown? Nah, almost never. Right. So you get a goal line situation and you're having a hard time stuffing the ball in with your running back, you basically go and jump ball to dead. Switch it around with the Steelers, having a hard time punching it in with, with Le'Veon Bell, are you going to go jump ball to Antonio Brown? 5-10, probably not. Yeah, I, 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 and I agree. I agree with that. Um, and it'll be yeah. interesting without Murray and 392 carries for 1,855 yards this year. Um, Des, I think, and, and Des, one with no Murray, and two, Witten is always is still Witten. He's still he's still dangerous. Escobar is going to be the backup there. That guy can play, and Terrence Williams. Don't sleep on him. Yep. And yep. then they, they re-signed Cole Beasley, who yep. is the modern-day Wes Welker. And, yep. I mean, you know, you and only have to be back. Coming along too. Don't forget about Devin Street. Right. And let me tell you who else you might see get some playing time. My man Lucky Whitehead. Yep. <laughs> he caught a touchdown against the, uh, against the Vikings. And yep. looking like he's going to get a roster spot as a, as a return guy. Um, and could be could come in as fourth or fifth, depending on street. So I mean, yeah, they they're gonna be deep at wide receiver, and if everybody stays yep. healthy, and you go ahead and cover Dez and let Terrence Williams beat you, so and he, then you got one on one with Dez, look out. Right, right, and 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 to go back to the original question again, because I know K Star is listening, and I know he's probably saying, "Boy, they're the brothers; they just." They just raining all over there. Cowboys just smiling, just throwing, just just being sweet on. Antonio Brown can ball, no question about it. And they they've got Heath Miller because, and we talked about this. I think towards the end of last year, maybe even in the off season, 
with when you look at the Cowboys, you look at the Steelers, you look at them offensively, they almost appear to be mirror images of each other. Because Romo's one that will scramble by some time. Big Ben ramble scrambles by some time. You've got number one receivers in Dez and in Tonell. You've got Heath Miller and you've got Witten over there at the tight end as your as your security blanket. So when you look at the weapons on both sides, they seem to be mirror images. And that's why it's so hard to decipher these two teams and break them down and say, well, at this position, who's better? At that position, who's better? Because they seem to be so close. And and going back to the wide receiver piece, I could see why folks would say Dez. I really could. And, and we touched on it. But, man, I still I, – I, I marvel at Antonio because of the, the lack of size that he has, that he's still able to make all these catches and still come up with all these yards and still be dangerous. I, I got nothing but respect for him. Yeah, I, I I I agree. I agree. And and but you know, again, I mean, we had this discuss this discussion last year. You know, the, who who's who's the better three? You know, and um, it it was close. But I think in in the statistics that mattered, I think the Cowboys. I just feel like there's triplets of last year were a little bit better than the Steelers triplets. A little bit. Not significantly. But just by just by nose. Now this year there's no DeMarco Murray. You know, so we'll see what happens with Randall and McFadden. Um yep. so. it'll be interesting. Yep. So all right. Good, good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Um Okay. Okay. Uh, power rankings, NFL power rankings. And we've got, uh, hmm. So we're not going to go through all, but we'll start from 10 and move up. And then, Jay, you know, what do you think? And and then I'll have a follow-up question for you. But the Chiefs at number 10, um, the Steelers at number 9, Ravens at number 8, Eagles at number seven, Cowboys at number six, Patriots at number five, Broncos at number four, Colts at number three, Seahawks at number two, Packers at number one. Now, let us note that the Patriots who beat the Seahawks are at number five, where the Seahawks are at number two. And the Packers lost to the Seahawks. But they're number one power ranking going into um, this going to, going right as of right now. Uh, all right, Jay, your thoughts. Uh, you said number ten were the Chiefs. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a little too high. Um, I don't agree with that one. And with the Packers at number one, prior to. Um, Kyle's shoulder injury, and obviously prior to Jordy Nelson tearing his ACL, I would go with them at number one. I would have to knock them down a spot or two just because of the the weaponry that Jordy Nelson brings to the table. And now you don't have that, and now you have to hope that Cobb's shoulder is healthy. You have to hope that Devontae Adams can step up and and be productive. You have to make sure that you've got your tight end player with Quarles and, and that other up-and-comer, uh, Robinson, I think his name was, that I talked about last week. So I'm, I'm not sure if I'm sold on the Packers at number one. Um, all the ones in the middle, 
Yeah, I could go with it, but I'd, I'd have to I'd have to move the Packers to number three. Um, I probably could put the Seahawks at number one. Um, they they still got Marshawn Beast Mode. They still got Russell Wilson. They bring in Jimmy Graham. Um, a run heavy offense with Jimmy Graham. Uh, I don't think he's gonna have the numbers like he had with the Saints, but I, I think he's gonna be dangerous, especially in the red zone if if they put eight man fronts up there. So I I put I, at the least I put slot one and two and move Kansas City out of out of number ten. I don't I don't think they're number ten. Um. Okay. Um, problem is, if they could replace them, that's the problem. Well, I, right I'll tell you my thoughts on that. I agree with you. I'd move the Cardinals up from 13. If Carson Palmer stays healthy, I think the Cardinals are going to be something to take a look at. Um, so I would move them up and maybe give them that spot over the Chiefs. Um, I'm going to surprise K-Star and say I think the Steelers are a little low. Um, at nine, I might move them up a bit. Um, maybe, maybe the eight, um, they won their division yet. They've got the Ravens ahead of them. You know, um, I think the, 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 the Cowboys at six Eagles at seven. I don't have an issue with that. Um, I think six is about right for the Cowboys Eagles. I might put it, put it eight, maybe move the, the, the Steelers up to seven, um, possibly, um, the Patriots at five is ridiculous. I put them ahead of the Broncos. I put them ahead of the Colts. To me, Packers, Seahawks, and Patriots are your three teams. Um, and you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Brady's suspension. Um, let's assume he's out for four games. Okay, fine. Um, Patriots at three. Um, I got to tell you, Super Bowl, Super Bowl champs at three played against the Seahawks. I'd got to put the Seahawks at one and the Packers at two, particularly knowing that Jordy Nelson's done for the year. You know, and it really irritates me. I mean, I'm sitting there talking about Orlando Scandrick's out for the year, and I'm saying that our first-round draft pick from a few years ago needs to step up and play well this year. I'm not sitting there saying, oh, we'll be just fine and, you know, next man up. Look, there's a reason why there are superstars and pro bowlers and all pros that play football and then everybody else. And when you lose a guy like a Jordy Nelson who is an all-pro player, um, you know, not someone that we routinely put in the top three or four um, wide receivers in the league, but certainly one who has the statistics and the relationship with with Aaron Rodgers to be considered – pretty strong top 10 wide receiver you don't just replace that you don't and i I get a little frustrated when people act like it's just okay just stick somebody else in there no you can't you know that 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 comfort that they have you, you don't build that overnight you don't build that overnight and that's gonna that's gonna show He's got to build that rep, that relationship with others. He's got it to some degree with Cobb, but this Devontae guy and, you know, no, it's going to take time, and that's going to show on the field. So for me, because I respect Aaron Rodgers, I'm okay with number two because he's that damn good, but I'd go with Seahawks number one, Packers number two, and the more I think about it, I may even put Seahawks one, Patriots two, um, and Packers three. You know, and then after that, who knows? I mean, the Colts, eh, I, I think they're a little high on the list, to be honest with you. They got Andre Johnson coming in this year. We'll see if he's got any tread on the tire left. Um, they've got uh, Frank Gore coming in. Same situation. You bring in veterans for one strong run. Let's see if it works. History, history shows us that that doesn't work. History shows us that no team has been able to do it that way. 
So let's see if the Colts can be a team that defies history. But I think they might be a little high, you know, um, on this list. Broncos, you don't want to disrespect Peyton Manning and what he can do. Peyton is in the twilight of his career. And Peyton had a thigh injury last year that he didn't talk a lot about. It affected his passing. So let's see. Let's see how the velocity is and the accuracy is. Let's see. Let's see how he does. So I, 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 overall, I don't think the list is horrible, but I do think that there are some material flaws in this list. Agree with JB completely. Chiefs are just too high. I threw the Saints up there. And, and I think you're giving teams like the Colts, um, I think they're just a little high. You're disrespecting your Super Bowl champs. You put them at five? Get out of here. Are you kidding me? Five? Tom Brady? Even if he's out four games. And they go 0-4. Brady's going to come back and win 10 or 11 and get him in the playoffs. You can bank on it. That's going to happen. What, can you say that about a Russell Wilson? No, I don't think so. Andrew Luck, you know, maybe. maybe. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's one other team out there that I, I personally would think they're a possibility to squeeze in at number 10. And, and the folks may laugh at me, but go ahead and laugh. But at number 10... You can almost put Miami in there. You think about some of the off-season uh, uh, transactions that they've made, not to mention the, the way they played down the stretch. They nearly missed the playoffs last year, if, if, if I remember correctly. I mean, they Tannehill is starting to come along. When he was at Texas A&M, you could see, and, and he wasn't one of those folks on the quarterback from Pop Warren. No, he was a wide receiver turned quarterback, so he's still learning the, the position. You got Lamar Miller back there. You've got Jarvis Landry. You got Kenny Still, a deep threat. You've got uh, Jordan Cameron, who's an underrated tight end. They got a pretty stout defense on top of that. So, don't be surprised with if the Dolphins start making some noise and turning some heads. Remember, they they took care of New England last year, if I remember correctly, too. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, I. I um, the the problem with Miami, yes, they did at least one, well both games they gave New England fits, and I believe they split and went one and one, um, if memory serves correct. Um, it's just you know I, I'm not I'm not thrilled with Philbin, so let's see what happens. Um, uh, you know Rex is down there in New York trying to make some waves with the Jets. Um, in the Bills. I mean the Bills. You know they they named Taylor their their quarterback. He's starting over Manuel, which was very interesting. Um, he released Fred Jackson, who's been there forever. Um, you know, kind of can't blame him, but at the same time, that's interesting. Um, you know, uh, the Jets with um, first uh, what's the what's the guy's name? He's coach with Dallas. Jets coach now. Um, oh my God. You throw Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, thank you. Um, you know, he's making some moves, certainly going to have a defense. I mean, he was a defensive coach, certainly going to have a defense uh, speak of. Um, we will see uh, what they do for quarterback, but, um, you know, they're they're going to be there. Uh, you know, and, and, of course, you're going to have the Patriots there. So it's going to be a very interesting division. But you're right, Miami was on the, on the upcoming. But, you know, I thought Kansas City was on the upcoming, and then I wasn't thoroughly impressed with them last year. So let's see. You know, let's see. It's possible. It's possible. Yep. You know, but the well, the other thing is, if you put them in the playoffs, who who's not getting in? You know, the Colts right. aren't getting in. The um, Broncos, the 
you know what what uh yeah. they just signed uh Philip Rivers a new contract. He's gonna be their quarterback over there in San Diego. You know? Mm-hmm. Um you know, last year three AFC uh um Steelers, whatever the division they're in, AFC North. Um, Steelers, Browns, and Bengals. So, I mean, it's tough when you look at – you can't bet against the Patriots winning that division, but then you've, you've only got two wild card spots left. And when you're talking about a San Diego or a Baltimore or um, a Cincinnati, or you know what I mean? It's, it, you, you're running out of teams here. And you only got yep. two spots left, and they're not going to. They, I, I don't. They're not going to win the division. Patriots are going to win the division. That's just the way it is. So now you got to right. get in those wild card, and you only got two spots. So that's why it, it's going to be a challenge for them, uh, for any of the AFC East teams to get in, just like it was last year. So. Yeah, and, and and the West is up for grabs because I don't think anyone can truly say Denver is a, just a stone cold lock. I have them myself to to win the division, but again, San Diego right there. Kansas City, they've made some some good uh, off-season acquisitions. Got Macklin in there. They've got Travis Kelce tight end. He's not bad. A healthy Jamal Charles. Defense isn't bad either. I still think they're a little high for me at 10, but that division is still up for grabs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it wouldn't surprise me um, with, with Peyton, in my opinion, declining just a bit. Wouldn't surprise me to see the Broncos trying to get in as a wild card team, uh, where I feel confident that the Patriots are going to win the division. I don't have that same confidence in Denver. I, I really don't. Um, well, I don't either. In, in the other division that's up for grabs, though, AFC North, Cleveland. I'm not going to count them in. I think they'll be competitive, but I don't see them having a chance to win the division. But the other three teams, any oh, one yeah. of those three have a shot. Any one oh, of those absolutely. three. Just Absolutely. Like the West, any three that we mentioned has a shot at it. So you got six teams right there from two right. divisions that have a legitimate chance to get in. We're definitely and, running out of space this year. And that's why I think Miami, if they don't win a division, is going to have a hard time. I think any of those teams, if they can't knock off the Patriots as division champions, they're going to have a hard time getting in the, in the playoffs. That's that's yeah. what I think. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I see where you're coming from, and, and, and I can – I smell what you're cooking. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So. It's going to be that, – that whole AFC is just going to be a dog fight. I think – I'm so glad they have 32 teams and just 12 spots for a, a postseason play where with the NBA there's 30 teams, but 16 or more than half of the teams in the league can get into the playoffs. It just makes for good sports when you've got such a long game at the top to fight in to get to the postseason. You really get to see the best of the best play. Yep, I agree. I agree. So, all right. Um, that's about all we had. Jay, you got any final thoughts, any final comments? Well, we got one more week of preseason, right? Yep. Then the regular season starts, right? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I'm ready. Um, as we have a heat wave around the country, um, and summer's still hanging on, I'm happy for that. And summer can hang on straight through winter for all I care. Um, yeah, there. But yeah, I'm I'm ready too. I'm ready for some football. I really am. Enough is yeah, enough. I'm, Let's I'm go. Just, yeah, give, give me some storylines. I want to see some some action. I want to see some fallouts. I want to see. I'm curious to see. Obviously, with the opening of the show, what's going to happen in, in DC. 
Uh, I, I want to see what, what what's going on. You know what? Um, I also meant to tell you, too, because I heard you talk about Fred Jackson getting released. He's going to visit the Seahawks. Now, the first report was they were looking to sign him. Now they're just saying it's just a visit. So there's more, more to come from, from that one. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, um, back up Marshawn Lynch. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they were teammates in Buffalo, so they they still a good friend yeah. to this day. So that'll be something. Yeah, he beat out Marshawn in Buffalo. So, um, yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. A lot of storylines still left, but even though it's going to be uh, the final week of preseason rolling into the regular season, still uh, don't know what's really going to go with the Browns and Manziel. And uh, they say McConnell is the starter, but for how long? And, and Manziel talking about he got an elbow issue, but nothing that's going to really hamper him. So don't know if he's going to get the keys to the, 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 the Browns offense more sooner than later. So that's and I will make one prediction. Um, when they cut the rosters, um, we will not see Tim Tebow anymore in the NFL. This is it. Um, I commend him for as hard work as he did. I commend him for, um, you know, not wanting to give up on his dream, but it's over. Tebow will not make the Eagles roster. And that's it. That will be it for him. He will. That's it. If he can't with his style of play, if Chip Kelly doesn't have a place for you, you're done. And I'm going. I'm telling you now, what I've seen, he's not much better than he was before. He's all done. So, so who, that's that. who's the starter? It's Bradford is going to be the starter, yes. and 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 um, Sanchez is going to be his backup. Correct. Don't they still have um, what's his name out of USC? Tip of my tongue, I can't say it. Matt Barkley. Yes. Yeah, unless they plan on carrying four, I guess he would be the odd man out. Uh, and they're not going to carry four. You got to remember, they've got you know they're carrying what three, four running backs because they got Matthews, they've got Murray, and then they also have I believe two other backs that they're keeping on their roster. Yeah, yeah. they have also four, right? No, they have Aaron Sproles. Uh, I think so. I think Sproles is still there. Um, yeah. yeah, they're not. There's not enough room for four quarterbacks, so it'll be three. And I don't think Tebow makes that cut. And I think he goes back to calling SEC games for ESPN, which you know, not a bad gig. If he if he does get cut, then I think this is the last the last hurrah for him. I, I would agree with that statement. All right, JB. Well, thanks for joining me tonight. Um, not sure what happened to Dr. Train, but uh, we will uh, be back next Tuesday night. And uh, well, all I can say is I'll be here next Tuesday night um, <laughs> at night or uh, I don't know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Just, just check your local listings for the Madden Voice next Tuesday night. Probably go back to eight o'clock next Tuesday. So, um, yes, thank sir. you, JB. I'll be here. All right, so me and JB will be here next week. I don't know about yep. Dr. Train. I don't know about K-Star, but the brothers the brothers Floyd will be here next week to talk about football and to get everybody ready for the start of the regular season. So uh, thanks yep. again, JB. Happy birthday, Amari. And, um, yeah, happy birthday, Amari. There you go. There you go. No, it's only, only fitting that me and you would, would be on the show tonight anyway since it's, it's Amari's birthday. I yeah. think that's the way to start just the line. So happy birthday, yep. Pumpkin. Uncle, love you. 
All right. All right. Sounds good. All right, JB, thanks for joining us. And everybody out there in the Madden Voice land, check us out again. Facebook, check us out on Twitter. Just Google the Madden Voice and just check us out. We will see you next week. And remember here on the Madden Voice, all feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody.